You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. And today's episode is with Elise Peterson, whose work as an artist I've admired for so long. She has an incredible podcast called Cool Moms. I think I'm on this week's episode, so definitely check out her show and listen to our conversation. She has been living in LA. She was also in New York, and I've admired her style for so long. And I just wanted to get into all of her beauty tips and how she's thinking about everything. Oh, thank you, Mavi. I have Mavi next to me. He's controlling the sound dial. I appreciate that, honey. So it was a great conversation. I'm also really finding that talking to people that have made the transition to a new city has been so helpful to me. For anyone listening who has moved to a new place in adulthood, I see you. I stand with you. I know the struggle to find the right beauty professionals, to find your friend group, to figure out transportation. I am taking driving lessons. I have my third driving lesson on Thursday. I've learned how to signal, how to turn. Soon, I think I'm going to learn how to park and I'll be on the road in no time. I'm also studying for my driver's test. So lots of new things happening in my life. I hope you all are keeping well. And I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Elise. It was such a pleasure to talk with her. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello. This is Brooke DeVard. You're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. And I am joined by the incredible Elise Peterson, creative podcaster, entrepreneur, cool mom, podcast host, artist. I don't, I wasn't ever able to afford your prints, but I printed them out. 
in my cubicle at Viacom. I had the amazing piece you did of Diana Ross kind of like doing a shimmy shake. Oh my gosh. The yes. Brooke, I'll get you some art. <laughs> <laughs> Printing them out in the company uh, color printer. But I'm so excited to have you on Naked Beauty because I've admired you for a long time and you're very much a beauty girl and just yes. an overall just very interesting person. So I'm excited to get your just full story. Thank you for being on. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm cracking up at the thought of someone printing out my work. That's actually very flattering. I love that, that it meant enough that you're like, I'm going to print it. And I'm also excited to talk about beauty. Yeah. I was giving this a lot of thought this morning as oh, I was really? getting ready. Yeah. Okay. I feel like you're very intentional about your approach to beauty and you also have gorgeous skin. So we're going to get into it. But where are you from and what was your relationship with beauty like growing up? So I am originally from Washington, D.C. Okay. But I moved around quite a bit with my parents and grew up primarily in the suburbs of Atlanta. So the South. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with beauty, there's two things that really stand out. Watching my mother. My mother is a skin woman. She's also was a makeup woman. She was a, like a Mac makeup artist growing up. I just thought my mom was very cool. She yeah. was like a younger mom. But As she got a little older, she always stressed the importance of taking care of your skin. Mm -hmm. She never like got her nails and feet done very often. She was like a body salve. Yes. Uh, You know, she had her whole routine way, way, way back in the 90s. She was a Mary Kay woman. Like, wow. So I grew up like having women come to the house, Mm -hmm. doing the demos, very 90s. And then I have a great aunt who's my godmother, my aunt C, and she's very glamorous very like Chanel furs. She doesn't have any children. <laughs> right. All the money to spend on yourself, which I love. Exactly, exactly. So when I thought about beauty and glamour and elegance, like she was my girl and I got to like dress up in her closet. So yeah, a family of women. Lots so of beauty. very much like steeped in beauty. Did you feel you were beautiful growing up? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I always thought that I was cute. I always <laughs> always knew. Good. I I did. I always knew. I like went through like a weird ugly duckling year. That was seventh grade. Pimples, whatever. Listen, one year. One year? That's nothing. I mean, And and that year builds character. Absolutely. (laughs) You need, the personality can't be what it is if you were beautiful your entire life. This is true. This is very true. Yes. So I felt very confident. However, I will say to that point, I was always very conscious of how I presented. And so I've been doing a lot of thinking, like looking back, I was a kid that wouldn't like walk to the mailbox unless my hair was done. Wow. I know. Interesting. And so I think about what are the (laughs) long-term repercussions of that as an adult. And so a lot of the work that I'm doing now is not putting myself to this standard of perfection that is absolutely impossible. Especially in LA where people get full glam makeup artists, hire a stylist to go to a dinner party. I mean, it's Uh, unreal. It is unreal. A friend (laughs) and I were talking about, you know, coming from New York. New York is a city full of people who have a sense of personal style and dress for themselves, right? And I find that in LA, it's a city of more outward wealth. And so because Mm. of that, looking good means having designer clothes on. It Mm. means having like a look on versus I think really sitting in personal style. So if I go to like events in LA and I'm like, I don't know, I look like this. I just wear my clothes. For lack of a better words, it makes me feel poor (laughs) because I'm like, oh, you know, a lot of people decided, oh, I'm going to do a full Dior look for this event. And I'm like, oh, I wear the clothes in my closet. Right. 
And also maybe you had something to do before that. I feel like in New York, people are going from like dinner to drink to event. But here it's like, absolutely, you're in your aloe sweats, you're in your workout clothes or you're like full glam. And there's yes. like no in between. Like people don't really wear like pants. Like there's no like jeans and t-shirt moment. When, it's like people wearing jeans. It's like leggings or a gown. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Unless you're in like Silver Lake. Yeah. I need to hang out in Silver Lake You more. do. I know. That's my happy place. That's really? where I was before. I had a meeting and then I went to Irwan in Silver Lake. And sounds, I'm just like... Sounds about right. Yeah. It's so funny. So have you watched You People? You Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. London. I did. Loved. Thought it was very funny. But someone was saying like, oh, it's so unrealistic that a guy like that could pull her. And then people were commenting. They're like, have you ever walked around Silver Lake, yeah. Bushwick? It's all mid-white guys with like baddies, like beautiful, black, gorgeous beautiful black women. Black women. <laughs> it happens. A thousand percent. This is the conversation that, uh, there's a lot of conversations I have a lot, but when we're talking about dating specifically, it is like my, <laughs> my threat to my friends. I'm like, listen, I'm exhausted. I used to be very specific about dating requirements, right? Like Physically specific? Physically, culturally specific. They had to be black. Okay. I only was dating black men. Okay exhausted, right? And <laughs> not that I'm exhausted with black men, but I was exhausted with the limitations that I was putting on myself. For sure. Right? So, you know, I explored in my last relationship, we did something different, and so now living in LA and like being on the the app. Oh, Raya? Yes. Okay. I've heard so many stories about Raya. Raya is just like I tap on the black men. I'm like, "What's up?" <laughs> We do not match. Do you know who I match with? I match with the Jonah Hills. The Jonah Hills. <laughs> Jonah Hills are the, are the ones that want me. Yeah. Well, you know, his character, Ezra, was very sweet in that movie. Yes, he so, was. So <laughs> there could be a love connection. <laughs> but I also think who you're physically attracted to is who you're physically attracted to. Yeah. But that's interesting. So you feel, think the Black men aren't like tapping on the Black women? No. Interesting. No, I don't think so. I think that... It, these are sweeping generalizations based yeah. on my own personal experience. Yes. But I find that a lot of times Black men, specifically in LA, are really interested in exploring something outside of maybe how they grew up or with who they grew up with. Interesting. So anyone but Black women <laughs> is kind of how that shows up. And then I find that a lot of the the white men that I come across, you know, they work in music. They're like yeah. hip hop yeah, white yeah, guys. Yeah. And it's like very validating to be with an attractive black woman. I mean, we are the blue. I mean, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And so, yeah, I totally could see how the Lauren London character and the Jonah Hill character, because that's LA in exactly. a nutshell. Exactly. We'll see what happens. We'll TBD. See. We'll see. Yeah. So when did you sort of start to identify as a creative? Because I feel like it's very interesting when you have this moment where you're like, I am going to make money and like make my job around creativity. That's so scary. Yeah. I fought it for a very long time. The very first two things I said I wanted to be growing up were a preacher and an artist. Um, and now you're a podcaster. And same, an artist, same. You know? Same, same. Exactly. Yeah. I think I understood the power that a preacher had over mm -hmm, a group of mm -hmm. people and how they were able to move that group of people. So I was really intrigued by that. When I moved to New York, I really fought against art for a very long time. Mm. And even considering myself a creative, I was a writer when I first moved to New York. I worked as a music editor. I worked in writing in a bunch of capacities. Never said I was a writer. Very hesitant. It was a friend of mine who was like, are you kidding me? You're a writer. Like, this is what yeah. you do. I was like, okay, fine. I'm a writer. Then I went to art school. I started making work, but I just like do this for fun. It wasn't until, you know, I put my first like big collage that I made of like Tupac and Matisse on Tumblr. 
Ooh. Right. I put it on Tumblr. I woke up the next day and I had like a thousand plus reposts. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> people like this. I'm just like, I was working as a secretary at a school when I made that. And I was okay. like, people are into this. This is wild. I end up quitting that job. And an old friend from art school hit me up and was like, you should take this seriously. You should like start a website and sell your prints. Mm. Doug. Thank you, Doug. I listened to him and I was like, on unemployment. I used my little unemployment money. I built my website. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe I'm an artist. And then I started showing work. And then I still was feeling a bit insecure because I felt like I was doing these mashups. I got all this great press from it. But what was the message? What was I trying to convey in the work outside of, to me, this very like pop culture, pop icon kind Mm -hmm, of work? mm -hmm. And I think when I discovered video collage and collage animation is when I really felt like, okay, Yeah. I've carved out a lane. This is my thing. I'm an artist. Yeah. Yeah. I can do this. And I feel like I first became aware of your work. You were working, is it Solange's Collective? Yes. I was the founding music editor of St. Haran. Right. It might be St. Haran. Do you know to this day? I really know. We pronounced it differently. St. Heron, St. Heron. Yes. Okay. Yes. Did you like get to like hang out like in New Orleans? So I quit that group of friends right before the New Orleans era. Okay, because I feel like there was a very much like a Solange creative New Orleans era. Absolutely. So I was a part of the Brooklyn era. The Brooklyn era. era, Yes. Also a very iconic, iconic era. This is like bike riding around the city. Yeah. Yes. I had some mutual friends with her. And one night we were out, very New York. And they're like, do you want to go to Solange's house? It's like, party and I was like yeah sure yeah, sure yeah and we went to a house party and then it was really just a very organic group of black women that came together that all are really smart and gorgeous and have perspective mm. and something to say and yeah we started a website which also had an adjacent record label yeah. and I remember <laughs> I remember the day that the site was launching so we all came together and I was writing this piece on juveniles ha huh? song and literally like sweating and typing it mm-hmm. and finished and edited the piece. And then the site went live like five minutes later. It was like, we were just, it was that time we were young and ambitious and excited and broke. And I was in art school trying to figure out if I was an artist yeah. or a writer or who was I? I feel like when you're a creative person, it can kind of flow through very different things. But I also think there's a freedom that you get from identifying as a creative when it comes to your look, meaning like what you do with your hair and makeup, right? Because it's all just like this extension of your creativity. Now, today, 2023, how do you think about your beauty look? You know, (laughs) it's funny you say that. To go back to one point that you made about identifying as a creative and like having that freedom in your look. In high school, I just knew I was going to be Oprah. Like my senior quote was an Oprah quote. Well, you know, better you do better. And I think that's what it was. I said I was like going to be Oprah and then I was going to go back to Howard and be a professor and just like share my knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was really conscious of how I presented because I'm like, they're not going to put somebody on the news with tattoos and this and that. And I had an internship at a news station in D.C., So I was really, really conscious of that. And then somewhere around like 18, it all went to hell. And I just started getting a bunch of tattoos and piercings. And I was like, whatever, doing crazy shit with my hair. And I think now, I think so much of those phases were very reactionary or in response to or like growing up in the suburbs Mm -hmm. and in a very like kind of mainstream American South. Yes. You know, lens. And now... 
I feel very settled. <laughs> I feel less reactionary. I feel like the way that I present now is the woman that I always really kind of wanted to be mm. and wasn't sure if she was accessible. You know, I just want to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be like an attractive woman. I'm that person that's like, I've buzzed my head a bunch of times. And so now one of my really good friends, when I'm like going through a thing, she's like, please don't, don't just shave like, your head. don't shave your head. I always see people that shave their heads and it feels like from the outside looking in like this extremely like liberating, probably euphoric experience. Mm -hmm. What drove you to do it the first time? And how did it feel to look at yourself in the mirror with a shaved head? Well, first of all, my mother would have short hair sometimes growing up. So like, I was like, oh, I can do it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. My mother looked good. I can look good with it. But when did I do it the first time? I'm sure it was like early years in college. Oh, I was going through a very heavy lesbian stage. That's honestly, that's what it was. Okay, wait, and so wait, this is that Howard? <laughs> yeah, this is at Howard. <laughs> this is like my sophomore year of Howard. I had like just gotten my first sew-in from like a girl in Philly in the dorm. So I was going through all of these massive changes. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to shave it all off. That's what it was. Did you feel like you needed to do that to solidify a certain identity or perceived aesthetic <laughs> within the lesbian community? Perhaps. I mean, I was always very femme, but I thought it would be fun and I did think it would be liberating. I also was tired of doing my hair. That's so real. Like it was yeah. also very practical in yeah. that way. But yeah, I was. it was a look. I had a lip ring. Oh, very cool. I was wearing like little rainbow earrings. <laughs> like <laughs> Like flag. Absolutely. You know, love it. Absolutely. I had to let the girls know. I <laughs> had on leg know. leggings, cowboy boots, and a buzzed head. And so there were many iterations of this yeah. like buzzed head. Most recently was right after I had Sergeant. And I was like, oh, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm not going to do my hair. Yeah. For I'm me, that's braids. I'm like, I can't. I Literally. Can't. It's just too much energy. It's a lot. Yeah. Hair is a lot. And I've always been a person that before this had like a big Afro, you know, like it was very that era, mm -hmm, very like mm -hmm. Tumblr hashtag natural hair. Yes. Yeah. And I was very over that. I was like very happy to be a part of that movement, even though not consciously a part of that yeah. movement. And then I was like, you know what? I just want to feel like a lady. That's how I feel now. Well, I love your bob. Thank you. It's very cute. Thank you. And your skin always looks so good. I have to just get the AM and PM skincare routine. Okay. It gets shaky. Okay. I try to be as consistent as possible, but I'm not going to lie and say that I am everyday girl, but most days, five days a week. In the morning, I'm not a big morning cleanser. Yeah. I mean, why? You've just gone to sleep. You haven't I'm done anything. Sleep. I didn't yeah. do anything. So I don't, I like wash my face with water. I'm very big on vitamin C serum. I love a good vitamin C serum. I love a good vitamin C. One of my very best friends has a skincare line. I use her products, German Aesthetics. She is also my girl that does all my filler. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. we're going to get into the filler. We'll get into then, that. So the skincare line is called Derm Aesthetics? German Aesthetics. Oh, German Aesthetics. Ger Her name is Michelle German. It's German okay. Aesthetics. I use the vitamin C serum. I also use, what is that? Oh, Circumference Beauty. I use their cleanser. Okay. They have like a daily cleanser. So if I'm going to cleanse, I'll do that. So I do that. And then I do like a bio oil yeah. on top of that. Nice and greasy. And then I'll do a sunscreen. What sunscreen are you using? I think it's like Neutrogena Sport. Okay, yeah, I know that. Yeah, one. yeah. Is it like the dry touch one? Mate, no. No, okay, no. But, it's a but it works for you. It works great. I also do really like 
Super goop. Yeah. I love that too. I, love super um, I like the consistency of that. So I use like, I'll alternate between the two, whichever one I can get to first under my vanity. And then at night, at night I will wash my face <laughs> and I, I will use the cleanser. To go back to your daytime. Are yeah. you an everyday makeup kind of person or just sometimes? No. No. I'm not an everyday makeup person. Yeah. However, as of recently, I've been wearing makeup more going out, mainly because I've been having some hyperpigmentation. And so I'm like, I just want to kind of even it out. Mm-hmm. You know, also I'm getting older and I don't have qualms about aging. Actually, I'm very excited to get older, but... I'm just noticing it in photos. <laughs> so, but I feel like we talked about this. I feel like you're very hypercritical of photos of yourself absolutely. because you always look great. And like, that's so, because I try to be in charge of the photos that people see. I see. Okay. So what are you noticing? I'm noticing a little bit of like slight darkness around the eyes. Okay. That was never, that was never a thing. Okay. No. But that's new for you. That's a new thing for yeah. me. I'm just noticing kind of like where gravity can start to bring my cheeks Got down it. and Got everything it. is not. So snatched up Got as, it. as it once was. And I'm just noticing my skin is changing. Like I have naturally very oily skin and I'm noticing like places where I'm getting dry or like having a little adult acne. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So a little concealer goes a long way. I love Ilia. Um, I use Ilia. I'm like a, I just went to Sephora and bought like a beauty blender like a month ago. Oh, wow. So I'm Welcome. a new, thank you. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Welcome to the Sephora Addiction Club. <laughs> yes, I went there. I was like, I'm going to get like two things. Yes. Now your beauty blender, are you wetting it? Yes. Okay. The thing that I was a game changer for me is like spraying on the, you know, like the fix, the... The setting. The setting spray onto the beauty blender is a game changer. Versus just spraying it on top. Yes, exactly. Okay. Because okay, that becomes okay. almost like your water. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Instead of like oh, making the smart. beauty blender damp with water and then right. doing that, you spray the setting spray onto the beauty blender and then mm, thank you Brooke yeah well yeah. So I, someone put me on and I was like oh yeah that's uh, very smart yeah. I have two different setting sprays okay now what are your go-to setting sprays? one of them is the Huda okay beauty, and then another one I don't know the company sent it to me I do not remember okay. okay I do not remember but it's like a dewy one it's great so yes I'm doing the like tap 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 mm-hmm. also bought the Ame Cole the light catching highlighter or no, the skin tint not the skin tint I couldn't find my tint Okay. I was like in between tents. I yeah. went to buy the tent when I did that Sephora haul. Yeah. But I instead got a concealer. So oh, nice. I, okay. I oscillate between that concealer and then the Ilia, but I'll just like it's touch little, my yeah. points, do my little beauty blender, mm-hmm. you know, even it out. I love a, a cheek moment. Yes. I'll do like a blush or a bronzer. Jones Beauty. Yes. Jones Road. Jones Road Beauty. Jones. That mir- magic bomb, miracle bomb. I don't like that's the application. I'm like, am I going to have this for 20 years? Because it's like a huge... Oh, kind of gross to think about. You know, I just like... There are some products that I'm like, this is just too much. I never considered It could be like that. a fourth of the size. It could be. It Actually, could. I don't know how deep it is. You know, I'm just like rubbing it's my shallow, fingers on but the but I feel like, yeah, it's going to... The thought of doing this over and over feels a bit unsanitary. But okay. I... <laughs> I'm sure your hands are clean as you're, as you're doing your makeup. Most times. But I love a... A salve, a bomb. A bomb, same. That's my thing. So it's yeah. like easy. I'm like, I'll put it here. I might do it on the lips. Do you know what I've been obsessed with though that I just reordered because I lost it is the um, Isamaya lip gloss, like a lip oh, lacquer. Yes. And it's like a tinted gray. Ooh. It's part of their industrial 
She's so innovative and interesting. Did you see this like penis lipstick she (laughs) made? Yeah. And the color I want is already sold out. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure they'll like send you one. They can hook it up. Please. I love them though. I love that. I love the little, I just like love the branding. I'm a sucker for branding. Like give me the, like, can we say penis? Yeah. 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 Give me the like, (laughs) you know, Prince Albert piercing on the lip glass. Amazing. I love it. I love it. You have great lashes. Thank you. Is this genetic or mascara? Both. Both. Okay. I had really great lashes when I was young. I only know that because people told me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I was very affirmed when I was young. Does your the sergeant have great lashes? They are disgusting. They're so amazing. Yeah. I feel like when I was one of the first, he's obviously a gorgeous child, but I feel like he has really nice <laughs> lashes. It's crazy. When he was born... I noticed them when he was born, (laughs) (laughs) among many things. Um, But I remember at his first doctor's appointment, his dad and I were in there. I was like, oh, he gets his lashes from me. And he's like, "Mm, actually, he gets them from me. And then I realized his father has really great lashes. So he's got great lashes on both sides. Genetic lashes. It was a winner. Yeah. Yeah. His lashes are perfect. Okay. But you have great lashes. and I have a solid base and I wear mascara. I don't know how to pronounce. What is that brand? I know you know. S-A-I-E? Say. Oh, it's just say. Yeah, say. And that's, it's interesting because it's a clean, mis- I always have to put clean in quotes because what does it even mean anyway? <laughs> but it's a clean mascara. I mean, okay. like no, nothing toxic in it. But I find that a lot of clean mascaras like don't give me the they oomph. Don't do then I, I'm like, I need the toxic. Mm. But the say one, if you, I mean, it, I mean, your lashes look great. Thank you. I like don't have lashes. So they clunked up a little bit, I will okay. say. Okay. So walking around Los Angeles, mm-hmm. the girls have lashes, the lash extensions, mm-hmm. the lash extensions. Now, as someone who also loves a balm and a salve and an oil and a, I just can't do it, but it's so tempting yeah. to do it. I mean, I've done it in the past, but I'm like, I like fight and fighting every day to not get lash <laughs> extensions. <laughs> I used to get them. I mean, they I, look great, but it's I, just so much work. It's a lot of work. I worked at this job where you can like go get services. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm probably not going to take a workout class at the time. So I was like, I'll get beauty services. And one of them were lashes. So I was getting my lashes done every two weeks. Oh, wow. I was like that It's a lifestyle. Girl. It was a lifestyle. <laughs> and then I felt like I had to keep up. And then I was like, okay, I get my nails done. I was like, wow, this is a very expensive lifestyle it I'm is. setting myself up for. It is. That I think that's when I like, that was on the earlier side of being in L.A., and I was just trying to find my path. Yes. Like, I don't want to be a full... I want to embrace LA lifestyle. Yeah. The culture, the beauty. Yeah. While still keeping like my like East Coast, New York sentiment. Yeah. So I went off the deep end. You know, <laughs> I'm an extremist. I'm like, I'm going to do all of it. Yeah. I got a weave. I got a sew-in for the first time since I was like 16. Oh, I wow. see so the sew-in, the lashes, the nails. The whole thing. The whole thing. I stuck with the sew-in. I let go of the lashes. Yeah. I don't even have my nails done today. I mean, but you've got a beautiful base. And natural nails are very much having a moment too. They're having a moment. Now, what's the PM routine? PM routine. I'm going to wash my face. I'm going to use Circumference Beauty Cleanser. Oh, also I use this um, this HA, like collagen serum. Okay. Same German aesthetics. Uh, I keep it as simple as possible. I have a lot of products. I use like four. People that have the best skin just stick to a routine and they mm. just use a few things consistently. That's it. So I'll do that. Sometimes I'll do like a retinoid or whatever. It just depends mm-hmm. on if I'm like, oh, my, I want my skin to peel off because I need a new layer of skin. <laughs> I'll, I'll use that a couple of times a week, perhaps. And then it's the same thing. I'll, I'll slather on the bio oil. I don't do sunscreen at night. <laughs> and then that's about it. Uh, and then I always have for my lips, 
I keep it very basic. I do like rose Vaseline and the little Wait, tin. They make rose Vaseline. Yes, they, like the Vaseline brand. Has Vaseline a rose? brand has a rose lip balm that comes in a little little tin. Oh, I didn't know that. I know the like rosebud lip balm. It's like same, same. Same, same. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That like brings me back to high school. I used to love that lip balm. Me too. Okay. So you have gorgeous lips. Are, is this filler? Because I don't know. <laughs> At this point, these are mine. I mean, okay. honestly, like I do have a good base. Yes. I do have a good base. I wouldn't think that you would have to add to this. I don't need to. This is vanity. This is completely <laughs> selfish, greedy vanity because I have access to the thing. But, 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 but what I will say, I notice a huge difference. So I've got a, a very well-endowed bottom lip, very abundant at the bottom. <laughs> I, at the top, it's like, fine, it's whatever. What my friend did, Michelle, she injected, she was like, I just want to enhance your top. Okay. And so it gives it that like little lip lip, lip thing. Okay. It really like lifted my face. Really? I looked younger okay. afterward. I haven't had it done in a while. Okay. So these are probably mine at this point. <laughs> okay. But I will get them done again. And I love it. So this is a friend of yours. Yes. She does fillers, injections. So yes. Was it like you guys were friends and then she was like, try this out? Or were you curious first and then you became friends? Like how did the first syringe happen? How did the first... I've always... When By the way, young, I have to say, you look gorgeous and natural and I would never know you've done anything to your face because I feel like that's just important to say because I think as people listen and hear people doing things, they assume it's like extreme. a lot extreme and harsh or unnatural. No. You look just gorgeous Fine. and well-rested. Thank you. Find a great <laughs> injector. I mean, some a lot of it's worn out. My Botox is gone. My forehead moves everywhere. It's fine. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not like crazy about it. I'm like, no, yeah. I have to go back. Like, I will wait to go yeah. see her, but... I, when I was younger, <laughs> I feel like I say I wanted to be a lot of things because I did. Yeah. But when I went through that phase of like, I'm going to be a doctor, I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. Oh, interesting. It's very specifically. Okay. And so I've never been shy about plastic surgery or procedures. I've always been very curious. I did not really consider it though until my friend is a physician's assistant. She worked in like, I don't know, regular general medicine mm -hmm. for a long time. And then she made the jump to aesthetics. And then I was like, oh, oh. And we've been friends since I was like 19. Yeah. So I saw her progression. I saw her enthusiasm. I was like, oh no, I want it. Okay, yeah. you're doing it. I can do it. And then she also worked around a bunch of like older, gorgeous black women. Okay, that's very reassuring. Exactly. Who are dermatologists or whatever. Fab. So that's when I started doing it. I also connected with a doctor in New York, Dr. Carlos Charles. I just remembered his full name. And he, I got laser hair removal. Oh. And that was actually my first procedure. That was the first thing. Okay. Did. Where did you get the laser hair removal? On my chin. Was it painful? No. No? Okay. I mean, yes, but no, I have a high pain tolerance, but it okay. felt like rubber bands smacking my skin. <laughs> okay. Compared to childbirth, nothing. Yeah. You got it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. I had like chin hairs and I was like, this is, I'm over this. <laughs> And so now they're gone forever? No, they came back. They came back. I had Sergeant and then they came back. And yeah, it's so interesting how having a child just changes so much. So much. I, I need to like revisit that. There's, I yeah. thought laser hair removal was permanent. No. Okay, you have to re-up. You have to re-up. Like maybe it's supposed to be permanent. Okay. But hormones after a baby. Yeah, everything changes. They came back. And chin hairs are so... They're the devil's work. It's like you will be out and you will be feeling cute. And then you're just like, where did this like one inch chin hair come from? Like it grew overnight, whatever. So that was my first procedure. Then I went to Michelle and what was the very first thing we did? She probably did. Oh, she did my lips. 
This was over the like thick of the pandemic. Okay, when everyone was inside, you exactly. could be in a mask. Exactly, yeah. okay. and she did my lips, she did my cheeks, she did my forehead. Okay, and so at this point, your son is what two years old? Yes, I feel like that's like Around a that. good time to like get back tap back into the hot girl you were before Absolutely. having a child. Yes, you know. I co-parent. So at that point, that was my first time really away from him. He was with his dad for like three months. Okay. And so, I mean, I was going crazy, but I was also like, let's have fun. Yes. Let's like do stuff. Yes. So I did my face and I was obsessed. So you did all of that for the first, like, I feel like (laughs) that would be like really jumped in. I told you, uh, extremist. Yeah. Okay. So you just went for it, but you were really happy. Really happy. Also really trusted her. I'd seen her like, yeah, she wouldn't set me up. I was so excited I was sad when my lips swelling went down. Oh, so yeah. I went back the next day. <laughs> you were like, "Yeah," I was like, "No, we need to like plump this back. I want to look swollen." And she yeah. was like, "You're insane," but she did it, and it was fine. It was good. It was natural. But yeah, that's when I really fell in love with it. It was okay. like 2020. Wow. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite area or place to get filled? I remember you explained to me that the chin is essential. Yeah, for that facial balance. Can I tell you though? I went to a different injector for my chin based in New York because they offered to do it for free. I FaceTimed my friend Michelle like the other mm-hmm. day. I was like, I think it's gone. Like I yeah. don't see it anymore. And she was like, I see it. I really would like to get that done more without giving Jay Leno. But I like would like a stronger chin. But my favorite thing to get done, it's probably between my cheeks and my lips. Lips are just fun. They're like an immediate boost to the face. I just yeah. like I see it and I'm like, oh sexy pouty. I know. I would like love to do it, but then I just don't want to like get into the... Into the rigmarole of it all. You know, <laughs> I can barely keep my nails done. Uh, <laughs> it does last a while. It does. Yes. It's like at least six months. Yeah. You know what I like about it? I like this idea that like you're kind of like the CEO of your own aesthetic, right? It's like how we mm. choose what lipstick we wear. We choose our outfit. You know, you know, as women or as people, we have options now yes, to absolutely. tailor our kind of... Now, do you, when you see things about how like no filler actually gets dissolved or people get overfilled or like, mm-hmm. does that make you worried? No. No. Because no, you're no. going to someone you trust. Because I'm, I'm going to someone I trust. It makes me very... Con- now, listen, I've almost made some bad choices, okay. right? Like I came across when I was getting my lashes done, this woman who does lashes was also doing like hyaluronic acid in your lips with a pen. You can just do that at like a lash place? <laughs> I don't know. Is that legal? I okay. don't know. Let's not say the name. Of yeah, no, no, I won't say <laughs> who it shut is. Down. But like, this is this is a common thing. Oh, really? And so when I was asking my friend the injector about it, she was like, "Oh, because they're not using a needle, mm-hmm. they don't have to be like." There's like a loophole, yeah. right? They're using these like air pen things. Yeah. And she was like, "Girl, don't do that." And it was like maybe I don't know five hundred dollars. I was like, yeah. "Oh, I want to. Do- it's cheap, yeah. like relatively speaking." But no, I will not play with my face. Yes. It is my moneymaker. Yes. It also just brings me much joy. So I was fearful when I was like entertaining the thought of doing that. Yeah. But no, do you know the only thing I am kind of fearful about are breast implants? I was watching Kehlani on TikTok talk about her. Her Like she had like toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. That happens from people like it. So do you have implants? Are you considering implants? Oh God. I mean, no, he would know if I had implants. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what? Postpartum, it's like they get so big mm-hmm. while you're breastfeeding and it's amazing. And then they like amazing. deflate. They deflate. It's like you have breast implants for like three months. And yes. you're like, oh, this is what my life could be like. And yes. then it's over. It's cruel. It's cruel. It's but it like gives you like a little glimpse. 
And I feel like it makes it like a more attractive thing to consider doing. Yes. Yeah. Again, but I knew at 14, I was going to get implants. Oh, really? Okay. Absolutely. I was obsessed with like, which is like, she's having such a great resurgence, Pamela Anderson. Yes. I just watched the documentary. So oh, good. So good. And I, you know what? As a mom, what I really liked about it, seeing her relationship with her sons mm-hmm. and how much they like loved and respected her and still do. Just, I don't know, something about it just made me feel really good. Yes. Agreed. You know? I agree. I was happy that she was had autonomy over her story mm-hmm. and had the opportunity to share it and was really encouraged by her sons to share it. It also made me really empathetic toward her experience and also just like, you know, I can relate as a single mom or co-parenting mom. Actually, I don't relate to the like, I'll only ever love my son's father. <laughs> That's not the case for me. But <laughs> I did relate heavily to what it means to be a mother and also date and try to find love and mm-hmm. that you can have so much, but maybe you don't always have it all. Yes. And so, yeah, I left feeling like I just wanted to hug Pam. Yeah. Um, she looks fantastic though. And I grew up thinking she always was like super, super hot. And I was like, I... That's my aesthetic on the inside. Yes. Okay. So Mm -hmm. the implants are on the horizon. Yes. Okay. Yes. You'll know. (laughs) You all will know when I'm waiting for the drop. We're waiting for the drop. (laughs) That means like things, our life is good. I have like simmered down with a few projects. You know, I have other things to invest in that are not my breasts, but I will. Yes. Yeah. Well, Cool Moms is an incredible podcast. And I'm going to tell you why I love it. I feel like it's hard to find peers as a mom. Because it's like the moms at the school may not be your people. Um, Probably not. And then in pop culture and in media, you see moms. Moms are very rarely cool. Very rarely seen as cool or aspirational or something that like you want to be. And I find that in listening to your podcast, I'm able to hear from so many different types of people that are just cool on their own. And then they happen to be moms, you know? Right. They're not defined by being a mom. It's not their sole identity. I love what you've done with the podcast. What else do you want to do in this space? Because I feel like the sky's the limit. You can really do whatever you want to do. But how do you see Cool Moms evolving? Thank you for asking. I'm really excited about what's coming up next. Of course, there are many podcast episodes. I have probably like seven I need to release. Right oh my gosh. Yeah, when is ours coming Jesus out? Christ. I'm going to maybe align it with this one. Okay, uh, yeah, let's I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I've Because I've been working on other stuff. Some of that is Cool Moms. But actually, if I'm being very frank, and then I'll get to your question. Part of the reason the delay is I try to use Cool Moms as an opportunity to really be honest. I mm. believe like nothing can thwart the truth. And like the truth is what has gotten me to this point and be able to build the community mm-hmm. that I have. So the truth of the matter is like, I have been dealing with this breakup and this heartbreak and has put me in such an odd mental, emotional space Mm. that I feel very like, I feel phony when I'm like recording my intro Mm. and I'm like, oh my God, life is fab. I'm back in LA. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm fucking depressed. And (laughs) that vulnerability is why your listeners love to, you know, hear from you. Yes. Which is why I need to show up in that way. But Mm -hmm. I've had to... I think, you know, I at least, and I think many of us, especially as mothers, as ambitious people, you want to have it wrapped up in a bow. You mm-hmm. want to be able to say, I went through this really difficult thing and now I'm on the yeah. other side yes, and let yes, me yes. give you my testimony. Yes, and yes. the reality is sometimes you're still just going through you're it. still in it. Right. You're still in it. And so I don't have like a pretty bow to wrap it up in. And so I've been kind of avoiding that. Anyways, I say that to say, so they're coming. The episodes okay. are coming. I've gotten over myself at this point um, enough to be able to do it. And now I'm planning some really exciting in-person live events. Love that. Yes. Doing some really exciting partnerships. I have some meetings coming up. We'll have some fab Mother's Day activations. 
And then outside of that, like longer term, I would love to write the coffee table book, which will be a culmination of all the stories and advice and wisdom from the women I've already spoken to, women I would like to continue to expand in our community. And then the TV show, quite honestly, Brooke, we kind of chatted about this a bit. I love being on camera. I used to host a show on Now This News called Maine. And I really appreciate the work that like Z-Way is doing. I really Mm -hmm. appreciate... I actually love watching Drew Barrymore on TV. I like, I think that's so fun. I'm going to win a daytime Emmy. That is one of my big goals. So I would really love to see cool moms evolve into a talk show. A talk show. I love that. You know, it could be on stream. Whoever wants to pay me my money. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, you know, you talk to so many people. I feel like you have such a good insight into how women are just thinking about everything life, beauty, wellness. What do you want to see change about kind of like the beauty and wellness landscape? Like, what do you think is still missing? What is missing? I think more pragmatic advice. Mm. I think we are still, you know, because for me, beauty is about also how you feel. Like, I can get my filler and I can show up and do this and Mm -hmm. and look cute. But when I leave and I'm still feeling kind of empty or I'm going through some tough days, what does it all really mean? Mm -hmm. And so I would love for us, I think the way that we can support mothers especially is how are we pouring into wellness as a whole and starting from within? Yes. And not in a hashtag, you know, mental health, but more pragmatic conversations about I got divorced Mm -hmm. and now I'm co-parenting. How do I show up in my household now as a single parent and still feel good and prioritize myself and my happiness and not feel guilty about it and still prioritize my child at the same time? I think those things I would like to see us talk more about motherhood versus, oh my gosh, you know, breastfeeding or bottle feeding. Like who fucking cares? Take care of your child. You know, like how are we taking care of the woman? I think if the mother is taking care of everything else falls into place. Absolutely. And I'm so happy you said that about the breastfeeding, bottle feeding. One of the things that I was very conscious about, like I kind of realized like maybe six months into motherhood that I did not ever want to give like motherhood advice on the internet. And I don't know why I had this kind of like revelation. There's one thing where you're sharing your experience, but I think it was just seeing this kind of like cult of like mom experts and like, and it's like, nothing that you do for your child is necessarily, it's not a copy and paste situation. Never. You can share your experience and your testimony. But there's just something about, like, I don't want to call them mom bloggers because that feels like diminishing. There's just something about advice on the internet about mothering that is a scary territory. It's a scary thing. You know, I do that, ask a cool mom on TikTok. It's never going to be like, this is the right thing. Yes. It's just what I, what worked for me. Yes. You you can ask me general advice. I'll give you my opinion. Yeah. I'm no expert. I know. I have no idea. I know. I couldn't even figure out how to sign up for kindergarten. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I do have to ask you, I need a little preview of what's to come. So I've, you know, we've passed sleep training. What are the big things? Oh, potty training is coming up. Oh, Um, that's a good one. What are like the big things I have ahead of me in the mom journey? I'm at two and a half now. You're at two and a half. We both have sons. I found potty training to be really funny and fun. Okay. I think... Fingers crossed for me. Fingers crossed. You can get it done. In a weekend? This is what people tell me. You can kind of get it done in like a week or a weekend. Okay. Don't put anything on them. Yeah, this is what I've heard. This is what people are saying. Sergeant pooped in a corner. 
Yeah, my husband's dreading this naked weekend. Absolutely. Like, I, I need to travel. Yeah, but it's it's funny. I just, I try to approach things as much as I can when I'm not like irritated. With a with, sense of humor. With a sense of so humor. So important, yeah. And it's really, it's just like, they're so proud and then you're so proud. So potty yeah. training is a big one. Feelings and being able to talk about and identify feelings has been huge right now. Okay. Uh, and so I'm very conscious, especially because he is a little black boy, to be able to give him space to say it. You know, so he'll say he was like kind of rude to a friend at jujitsu class. I was like, that was so mean. Why would you say that to him? <laughs> what did he say? Um, his, his, the friend's dad was like trying to correct something Sergeant did. Sergeant had an outburst and he was like, I'm not playing with Ryu anymore. And I was like, damn, that is spiteful. <laughs> like, and it's not that deep. <laughs> then we get in the car afterward and I'm like, Sergeant, that is not okay. That's not how you treat people that care about you. That's not how you treat anyone, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going through yeah. the whole thing. And I'm like really annoyed for whatever reason about it. And he said, I'm just feeling really sad and really angry. Aww. I know. And at that moment, like I could take a deep breath yeah. because I understood. Because I'm like, I feel sad and angry also. Right. You know, about my own shit. <laughs> so... <laughs> so I really try to hold space. And so that would be what I would say to look forward to and just to be conscious of is like, thank you for telling me it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to be angry. These are ways in which we can work through those things. Like letting him know you can feel however you want to feel, yeah. but like you can't throw shit. You're not going to yell at me. Right. You're not going to be spiteful to your friends. Right, right. These things cannot happen. Yes. So yeah, I really admire that about Sergeant is that he really taps into his emotional intelligence. He'll say like, I'm having really big feelings right now. And I'm like... So that's like testament to you and you helping him express those feelings. Yes, yes, yes. Fortunately, I mean, sometimes fortunately and unfortunately, we were battling last night. But um, (laughs) now we're at a place where... um, his little like baby testosterone is like kicking up and he's like showing like boy. aggression, boy yeah. aggression. Boy things. Yeah. He got upset about cleaning his room, you know, basic stuff. Yeah. And he kicked the door. Wow. I was gagged. I was like, we are not, <laughs> we are not doing that. So, you know, I, now we take jujitsu class and okay. I'm like, you know, finding the avenues the, for him the to channels. channel it, channel it. My two last questions for you as a mom and a multi-hyphenate who is doing all the things, how do you take care of yourself? Like if you have an afternoon for yourself, yes, what are you going to do? Oh my gosh. I'm going to shop slash window shop. I am going to go to Air One. Air One, okay. Yes. <laughs> and I just want to sit in the sun. I like Maybe I might get a manicure, but I get too anxious about doing stuff like that, honestly. I don't want to sit still. It's not fun getting your nails done. It's not fun. It's just me. You're like captive. You can't look at your phone. You can't go anywhere. Music. I have to hear other people's conversations. So I don't want to do that. I want to like (laughs) sit in the sun. I want to get out, maybe get some lunch with a friend and just do something that reminds me that I am my own person. Yeah. That's like not necessarily tethered to anything or anyone else. Yes. I love that. And when do you feel most beautiful? In nature. I feel, that's why I really love living in LA. I really love being in the sun. It makes me feel like my most beautiful, comfortable. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Elise, for coming on Naked Beauty. We'll have to have you back and like- I'd love to. Just continue the conversations. Yes, thank you, Brooke. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 